Yo, what's good people? It's Jay Cactus and we're back again with episode 20 of Cactus Convos now. In today's episode, I've got another sick producer with me. He's also an entrepreneur, plug-in owner, and he's everybody's best friend. He goes by my <laughs> best friend, Jacob. Jacob, how are you doing, man? <laughs> that was a great introduction, man. Yeah, I like that. Word. I was yeah, yeah. rehearsing Number 20, it for like this is... 10 minutes before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number 20, yeah, yeah. You've had some uh, great conversations and stuff uh, thus far. I'm, I'm excited about this, man. Yeah, it's, it's been going fast. When I first started the podcast, I was going to do like maybe one every two weeks, but... Now I've had quite a few recorded, so I'm thinking about dropping one every week now. But I just didn't want to get to a point where I don't have a guest because then it's like, shit, I don't want to miss a day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I think you got a lot of friends in the production community that would be happy (laughs) to to talk to you. So I I don't think that that's going to be an issue of yours. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. The same goes to you as well. You've been in the industry a lot longer than I have, really. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's it's been a while. It's it's well over a decade at this point, you know. Um kind of grinding, trying to 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 get to the place that I'm at now and I'm still not even at the place that I want to be, but uh happy to be here and and have had many kind of twists and turns to get here. So, yeah, I'm happy to to share and talk about all that today cuz I think the the beautiful thing about um podcasts in general, but then also like producer to producer podcasts is like, um, I, I learned so much, uh, listening to, let's say ill minds, black, uh, black yeah. chat yeah, and too. a bunch of the other, other podcasts, even when producer grind was going a lot more heavier on their weekly podcast yeah. that really helped me, um, in like, let's say 2016, 2017s, uh, really build the foundation for today. So, uh, I'm, I'm happy and excited to share information because it's so important in, in our space course man i appreciate that i'm exactly the same as well i think listening to podcasts it changed my mindset more than anything Mm. because like growing up you only kind of learn from the people that you surround yourself with but then when podcasts became a thing it's like you can have it's like having a conversation when when you're not on the podcast when you're just listening it's like you're in a room with just important people having the conversation but you don't even have to say anything you're just absorbing all the information so i love them man i just learned so much from listening to podcasts watching interviews and just soaking up all the gems, it just completely changed my mindset. And I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for like podcasts and interviews. I think it's changed everything. I, I, I agree. I even love like what you said there too. I totally agree. Like you are the average of the five people you spend yeah. the most time with. And if you can spend them with individuals that are a couple steps ahead of where you where you are and where you want to be, yeah. it's just so beneficial. I've also found too, um, are, are you a big reader at all? Yeah, more like audiobooks. I don't physically yeah, that, read, cool. but it's still the yeah, same, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Exactly. Um, audiobooks are great. Um, I read a lot as well, too. And, and yeah. I think that whole mindset um, shift that, that happens um, once you get into um, hearing other people's stories, I think that's at the end of the day, it's all about experiences. Yeah. And to a degree, especially with COVID and stuff and not being able to travel, uh, you need to have new experiences and stuff, A, because Definitely. I think that's what makes the best art. But then also, too, those experiences open you up to so much um, more that can influence that art and also right. influence you as a person. And those are the experiences um, that kind of shape you and help help you grow. So it's a really awesome way um, to do that. And it's awesome that you're, you're doing this podcast, man. It's great. Thank you, man. So what are some of your go-to books, some of your favorites? Go-to books? Yeah. Wow. I actually... Um, Man, okay, so the the first book that I 
um, ever read. And actually, maybe I'll go back just a little bit before that. Yeah. So I was working a job um, uh, one day and I was waiting for the bus. This is like, I don't know, maybe even like 2012 or something like that. Like yeah. right after high school, um, I never read my, my whole life. Um, one of my favorite uh, rap groups is Mob Deep. And right. I was waiting and there was this business that was literally going out of business and they had a bunch of books um, there and Prodigy actually wrote a biography and it was in the window for like seven ninety nine. And I was waiting for this bus. It was like yeah. an hour and a half long <laughs> bus ride. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go buy this book. It's like seven bucks. Yeah. And I bought that. It changed my it changed my life, man. I, really? I say to this day, like for anybody that 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 isn't, I mean, for myself, um, I wasn't comfortable with reading. Um, yeah. I, I I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't there. <laughs> um, don't 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 worry about that. Like, pick up a book, take it, take it, uh, take your time with it, because it opened my world not only to his experience, um, but in that he mentioned a lot of great books like Forty Eight Laws of Power and a bunch right. of these other um, books that I ended up reading that really helped change my mindset. And one of the first books though that I read that truly had a big impact on me, and I tell everybody um, to check it out. It's called The Compound Effect. Um, right. It's a really short read. It, I think it's like a hundred pages or so, um, but it really um, gave me the information to be like, "Hey, you can change your situation. You yeah. can change your life. You just got to put in that hard work, and it compounds over time. Um, whether that's in a financial sense or in just like your overall growth. Yeah. Um, and that's um, something that stuck with me my entire life is that if you just put in a little bit of effort every single day, it does go a long way. You know what I mean? You got 365 days every year to, to, to grow and and be better than you were the day before. And if you can do that, you'll be in a really good spot. So compound effect, 48 laws of power. Let me just take a quick look. I rub, I love, (laughs) I love, I love Ryan holiday. Um, uh, he has a great book called perennial seller. Um, I think it's actually really, if anybody wants to check that out, if you're, you know, have a beat store or selling sample packs. Yeah. That is a really great book because it, 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 it's mindset, but also business as well too. Um, it's called perennial seller. Definitely go check that out. But yeah, those are some of my go-tos. Yeah. That's something that I'm going to definitely listen to or read because yeah, yeah, man, I've, I've been more and more into it over the past few years. I think when I was growing up, when I was young, I had no interest in reading books. Yeah, I wasn't bothered. But yeah. as soon as I got a bit older and I started like I started becoming thirsty for knowledge and yeah, man, it's just, it's just changed everything, especially the prodigy one. I really need to read that because he's had such an interesting life and yeah, man, he's, I know he's got crazy stories. I've listened to like a few of his interviews and yep. I was the same. I grew up listening to people like Mob Deep, Wu-Tang, Nas, you know, all of the legends. So I really need to mm-hmm. check that one out. Yeah, definitely. Highly recommended. Yeah. But let's take it way back then. Um, because I know you said you're not, you're still not where you want to be, but it's also been a long journey right now. So yeah. take me back to the beginning then, how, like the, you know, how you yeah. even got into music, your first time opening FL Studio, the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like most individuals, I was probably like 14 or 15, and I got my cracked version. My friend Bruno actually had it, um, <laughs> a cracked version of FL. I can't even remember which one it was, but it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a musical household. Uh, it's funny, my dad was probably in one of like the first hip-hop groups back in... Um, in Canada in the 80s, in right. like 88 or 89, he performed at the East Coast Music Awards, back where I'm from in, in on the East Coast of Canada. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I've always been around music. Um, and especially as a young kid, I always had a chance to listen to all the classic, like Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg and to your point yeah. of like Nas Mob Deep. Like I 
soaked all that in in my early days when honestly a lot of my friends like you know to a degree in the in the 90s and stuff like that like a lot of parents were anti-rap and stuff with the content or whatever whereas my dad was like you know the two (laughs) tens in the back seat of the car just blowing it um but yeah so that really kind of gave me the foundation it wasn't until my teenage years um that i started making music with my friends um discovered fl studio and then also discovered other genres and stuff which i just think is so important for producers and one thing that i've learned from from bigger producers is like um having an eclectic like uh taste and knowing all these different genres and stuff um can be really helpful when you're going to make like you know the next wave or the new thing you can it's almost like ingredients that information to be able to say i want to do strings like this song or chord progression like this right. song or drums like this song and i think i had that really awesome foundation when the rap stuff and in my teenage years when i got into like more like indie and rock and all these other different genres that's where i started putting like my own uh, pieces together yeah. and creating my own sound um so yeah that's that's kind of how it all began and and also at that time i fell in love with film so i've always had okay. like a, a real love of film and uh, always was editing like my skateboard films and stuff like that. That's actually how um, I met my good friend Tyler, who goes by White Trash Tyler. Right. Um, we we did the Look My Mic and Fly documentary together, and I can get into that. But um, we we grew up together when we were like fourteen or fifteen, making like skateboard films and stuff. And it's from that um, that we fell in love with, with with all of this stuff. We went splits on our first MacBook together, our camera together. Wow. Um, I went to school um, for recording engineering to like learn how to be a producer which they didn't tell me how to do that (laughs) (laughs) it was was super outdated like how to like mic guitars and stuff yeah anyway long story short um that was kind of like my foundational years of figuring out just what i was interested in what i love to do and then it was all about in my 20s kind of exploring it of course yeah so did you have any any jobs in between that was it always music did you try out anything else or did you just have that one goal in mind it, uh, to a degree, it was always it was either music or film. Um, right. Like I always tried to do both. Um, it just so happened as well too that the recording uh, program that I took, they had an internship at CBC, which is uh, similar to the BBC. It's yeah. like our, our public broadcaster. And I was able to get a job there. And I ended up kind of working uh, up in the ranks all the way to producing the morning show um, in uh, for CBC. Oh, and sick. so I ended up having like this really kind of weird radio career, <laughs> uh, which I didn't think I was going to have. But that was actually really beneficial and stuff because um, – uh, all the kind of audio techniques when it comes to like vocals and mixing yeah. of more like dialogue stuff became super important in like, let's say the Travis film and stuff. Like I was a part right, of that of whole course. process and like, so that's super influenced. And it's funny how, um, I think for a lot of my life, I've always kind of been like, Oh, I wish I could just do production, production, yeah. production. Cause I've always loved it. That's always what I wanted to do. But it's funny how all these other things that you do throughout your life really, help you in achieving your dreams and your goals and what's make you oh, it, it it makes you unique and then also when you can bring all those different assets together um that's when you can kind of stand out so for any producer out there listening that thinks like oh i might have this business degree or this computer science yeah. or all these other things that maybe you felt like oh i kind of just had to do it or something like that don't discredit that because i think moving forward with where technology and stuff is going um you can really stand out in this kind of um crowded field by having those special specialties yeah i think you're right i think no matter what you're educated in no matter what experiences you've had like it can't yeah. hurt to ha- it can't hurt to have those experiences or to have that knowledge you just never know how that's going to help you in the future like, so for example, like you said, you might have a business degree, but 
if you want to be a producer, then a part of that is running a business. So mm-hmm. there's going to be elements of that that's going to help you in the long run. So, yeah, uh, yeah I firmly I also, believe that. I also think, too, like um, those those open up all these other opportunities that yeah. people don't really realize. I think a lot of producers go right in thinking like, I'm going to either like send the beats and get the placements or I'll just go to the studio. Whereas like that doesn't, that door doesn't necessarily open. There's a lot of people trying to do that same path. Whereas like for myself, it was having the film background that actually got me a lot of the connections and stuff that I have. Because if you're like, Hey, I can help you shoot your music videos or whatever. Instantly you're like the doors open. Whereas like, Hey, I can make beats. There's a million other people that are doing right. that and realistically probably a million other people that are, <laughs> are more talented maybe than I even am, you know? So um, it's a chance using those extra skill sets to say, hey, how can I help you, you know, to Gary Vee's point of like uh, yeah. just being really helpful and stuff. It's like, how can I use that tool set that I have help this person? And then ultimately you build a real relationship and at some point that helps you. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's like I said, it's just standing out amongst the millions of other people that are trying to do the same thing. It's about how can you yeah. just stand out? Like what, what's your thing? Is it movies? Is it, I don't know, what, what value can you bring to someone? Yep. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it all yep. comes down to. So yep. I know you, you briefly just went over the Travis documentary, but first of all, congratulations on that, man, because <laughs> that's such a sick thing. But talk Appreciate to me about it. how that even happened. You mentioned it briefly yeah. then, but yeah, how did it all happen, yeah. man? So yeah, again, um, just another one of those situations where, um, you don't really know how these things are going to all work together, but like, yeah, yeah, me and Tyler going splits on our laptop and our camera, um, and really getting into the film. Um, Tyler was able to go to LA after he graduated, um, college and right. make some relationships and stuff out there. I've kind of followed right after. Um, and, uh, through all of that, one of the relationships he was able to make was with Travis. And so in, nice. I think maybe, the film came out in 2019. So I want to say roughly two years prior to that, um, Tyler was on tour. I think it was for the Bird's, Bird's Eye View tour. I might right. be getting all this wrong, but it, <laughs> it was it was somewhere around there. Yeah. And he started shooting this um, amazing just film from all these concerts and stuff and started realizing like, maybe this could be a lot bigger than just like stuff we throw on Instagram or YouTube. Maybe this yeah. could be put together as, as something more important, more impactful. And, um, you know, having that conversation and stuff with Travis, um, he decided to, to put together, uh, basically like a trailer, um, of what this potential thing could be. And from that reached out to me to see if I would be interested in it. And it's funny how all this kind of worked. It was like one thing happened and then it kind of just kept expanding. Like, you know, we put together that first 10 minutes, um, yeah. so that, you know, Travis could get a real sense of it. And then that 10 minutes turns into like a half hour. And then, um, you pitch it to like Netflix and they're interested and they want to see more. And then it's like, it, everything keeps snowballing right. until finally you realize like, this is going to be like a film, yeah. you know? And originally I don't know if that's exactly where we thought this was all going to be. We thought it had that potential, but like, I've never made a film before. I've never scored a film. I've never, you know, <laughs> Tyler hasn't either. Like yeah. we're all totally new to this. So, um, it was a lot of trial and error over those two years, but um, yeah, it was it was it was it was crazy. I got to to score the film. I also got to edit the film as well too. And that I think crazy. that that's kind of why I was able to do the audio stuff. Is that in those initial days, 
you know, obviously there's no budget. We're just kind of yeah. doing this to, to make it happen. And so I would end up kind of like reworking around some of Travis's uh, songs or fixing up the audio again. Like I said, learning all that dialogue editing from my radio right. um, background. And then it just kind of built and built to the point where like, well, now it's 45 or 60 minutes long. Like, why doesn't Jacob take it over, help take it over the finish line? Obviously, there was a lot of other people involved, um, you know, huge thing. But um, that's kind of how I um, got involved with all of it. And it is so crazy to think as well, too, when this was all happening, I didn't realize it at the time. But after the film came out, I can't tell you how many producers that I've been wanting to work with my entire life and artists and stuff started reaching out to to me because they saw the film. And again, that's another one of those examples to like any producer who's listening. It's like, these are all opportunities and you don't really fully see the impact, the compound effect that they have. (laughs) Um, But putting them out and having like the Cardo got wings and people like that reaching out to me based off of seeing the film and wanting to like work and stuff like that. I was like, what? (laughs) This is crazy. (laughs) Um, So yeah, hopefully that, that kind of explains some of the, the story there, but. Yeah, no, 100%, man. It's a crazy story. So was your boy actually filming everything throughout the whole yes. thing? So all the footage yeah. on there, or the majority yeah. of it is, is your boy there? Yeah, I'd say like 90%, or oh, even more than that. Honestly, 100%, because anybody that would have yeah. filmed stuff with him was filming with, like, with him. But yeah, basically right. what would happen is he would like go, because this was all around uh, like, you know, Travis finishing the album, the tour, as you saw, like it's all yeah. actually building, which is like, we're so fortunate that we were there for this important part of his life. Like, yeah. um, you know, his North being born Astroworld, which is obviously like his biggest and, and best piece of work. And then yeah. just becoming the superstar that he is today. But yeah, Tyler would go on the road. He would send me stuff. I would work on it remotely. Then we'd get together for a couple of weeks, finesse things, bring it to Travis. And it just kind of yeah. keep, it kept kind of going that way until eventually we had like Netflix support and got, more people to help and, and all that type right. of stuff so when yeah. when travis had these cameras with him did he do you think he had anything in mind was he just like i just need to document everything and then see what to do with yeah. the footage was it just like that yeah, yeah. no real exactly end goal? yeah i don't i don't think there was a real end goal i think one of the things that tyler always tells me is just like film everything yeah um yeah he, there's yeah. so many moments and stuff that just happen naturally that are like and I think, you know, ultimately throughout the film, you see them like butterfly effect is a great part of that scene where like if Tyler wouldn't have picked up that camera and saw that first little mumble of Travis into the yeah. voice note there, you wouldn't have got that whole section where you see it go from the voice note to the studio to like yeah, finally right. on stage, one of his biggest songs ever in his catalog. And so uh, it's so important to just capture all those moments because you never know, similar to how this all worked out for yeah, us, you course. never know where things are going to be at the end when they all work out. So, um, yeah. 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 Now that makes sense. That could be the same for anyone though. Even someone just getting started, it could be the first time opening FL studio, but why not document it? Because yeah. if you turn out to be a really sick producer, if you start doing tutorials, if you start doing whatever, you've got this whole, yeah. this whole thing, like you, you've filmed your whole journey and you can make something crazy out of that in the long run. And I think yeah. that's how people really fuck with you as well. Once they see you, in certain situations, they might see you struggling. They, they just get into your life, don't they? And I feel like that's when people really fuck with you. They really get to know you. Yeah. 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 I, I Even for myself, like, I wish that I did, like, more documenting and YouTube and all that type of stuff for myself yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. throughout my journey. Because it, 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 have you ever listened to the podcast Startup? 
Um, no, I haven't actually. Oh man. Okay, so you got to check this podcast out. out. So it's it's literally about this guy who leaves his job to start a podcast company, and the first podcast that he does is yeah. about him starting the company. So it's literally oh, like shit. the first episode is like, I just quit my job. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> All the way up to the, I believe they sold it to um, Spotify a no year way. or two ago for like half a billion dollars. That's so crazy. over like four or five episodes, you see him go from like totally knowing nothing all the way to that. And I've yeah. always thought about, man, that would be the coolest thing ever as a producer to be like, oh, 100%. to have all that information to be like, this was when I first made a beat all the way up to like maybe working with a Drake or becoming the biggest producer in yeah. the world. Um, man, people would be so invested in that too. Like, I think that's another thing that's so great about. Uh, I mean, I love watching like your channel. Ocean's been been a great inspiration for me. Obviously, Busy Works Beats. There's a lot of people that not only have I gotten great value from the tutorials and stuff yeah. um, that 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 you've been able to share, but I also get really invested in your guys' stories. Like, I want to see <laughs> you guys win. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you know, every time a new video Definitely. comes out or something, it's like not only am I getting that information from the tutorial side, but I'm hopefully getting a glimpse into like maybe a new placement that that you know you might have got or a new you know that the next yeah. evolution of what's happening in your career and i think that that's where like it's so it's so cool like the community is building and they're just like they start kind of rooting for you and it yeah, would be definitely. cool to see that same sort of startup style thing happen with a with a with a producer 100 percent. it is a good feeling to have even for myself when i when i started the channel and i maybe had 100 subscribers yep. like there's still people that fuck with me now and the like every now and again i'll get a message and they'll be like man i've I've been with your channel since you're on 100 subscribers it's so sick <laughs> yeah. to see how good you're doing and it's such yeah. a good feeling it just it just makes you feel like man there's actually a lot of cool people out there a lot of nice people because there's a lot of yep. negativity in the producer sure. community which you'll see yeah. but i think the positivity outweighs it by a ton mm -hmm. i think for every like maybe 100 positive people there might be one person that's throwing yep. some shade throwing some hate so I feel like people let the the negative people, like the the one out of a hundred people, they let them yeah. affect them more than the actual positives. Because sometimes you'll yep. see that horrible comment and you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" It puts you down for a second. But then it's like, yeah. look at the other one hundred comments, and it's like, "Oh shit!" Actually, <laughs> actually, and, the odds are right. And out of those one hundred comments, it's like maybe that's the next. I don't know. Maybe that's the next super producer that's like yeah. learning from you. Like I think, what's just so cool about this whole thing, it's like you have a chance to a degree. Um, with every single video to be so helpful to that next person that might yeah. be, um, you know, wanting to achieve their dreams. And I think that that's such a special thing to think like, man, maybe, you know, the same way we talked about those podcasts or the books that were like, you know, so influential to us in yeah. helping shape us. Maybe, you know, you're doing that for the next wave of producers that are going to be coming up and stuff. I think that's super, super cool. Yeah, it's cool to think yeah. about. I mean, when I started yeah. production, I was learning from... YouTube tutorials, busy yep. work speeds, like you said, yep. you know, people like that. And now to be the person that's kind of giving back to the community is it's a good feeling, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know you started a YouTube channel or like a second yes. channel recently, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. so I just started um, for the, the plug-in company stuff. We started a channel. And yeah, yeah, again, just wanting to like, I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, uh, so yeah, any advice at ever <laughs> that you have, <laughs> always share it with me. But uh, yeah, still trying to figure it out because like, um, you know, I think, as we'll discuss over the podcast, I have a lot of different kind of like niches or lanes that I could probably yeah. take it down. I just want to make sure that 
whatever we do with it is like super beneficial. I don't know if that's like maybe sound design, if it's more tutorials, if it's more like kind of like producer perspective as far as like getting placements and, you know, moving your, yeah. moving through the industry and business stuff. So we're still kind of like testing it out. Um, but yeah, we, we launched that and that's been really awesome too, because again, I think um, for myself, it's nice to be a part of this like sharing of the information and stuff. Cause Definitely. like um, I want to see more individuals, especially in like um, the technology side, maybe get into some of that. And maybe there's right. like, again, that one kid that I can just inspire to, to think, Hey, I'm going to make the, the next Omnisphere or something like that. Like, yeah, that'd be super dope. So uh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. So yeah, I mean with, with YouTube, the biggest thing that I found is obviously finding that lane. It's like, there's, there's a lot of people doing tutorials, but nowhere near yep. compared to the amount of people that are uploading beats and having a tight beat channel. So I, th- I feel like there's still a lot of space for everyone to eat on YouTube. Yeah. Like, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that anyone listening should be feeling like, no, I don't want to start a channel because there's already loads of people doing it. Because yeah. the biggest thing that I've found is you could have like 10 different people doing the same tutorial, but there's so many people around the world and people learn different ways and they learn from different mm. people in a certain way. So I might do, for example, the exact same video as Simon Savita, but then there could yep. be two different people. And one person's like, I really understand what Jay Cactus is saying. I, I fuck with him. Like I like his brand. I'm going to watch his videos. And then there could be someone else that says, actually, yep. I understand Simon a lot more than I understand Jay. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there's always, yep. you're always going to have that like perfect guy that you kind of go to or the perfect tutorial or, just someone that you understand a bit more or someone that you fuck with. So yeah, man, I think there's a lot of space for everyone to eat on YouTube. And I feel like, yeah, finding, finding that one lane. So for me, it was picking my strengths at the time. I think I was best at making drill beats. And when I was looking around, I saw that there were people doing drill tutorials, but no one was like really focused on them. Like they'd maybe do drill and then trap and then something else. So I thought, right, I want to be that go-to guy for drill tutorials. So the majority of my content is going to be drill. And then every now and again, I can drop something new. So yeah, man, if I were you, I'd just kind of work out what your, what your main strengths are, what you enjoy like teaching and have a look, see what else is around there. And then, yeah, maybe just stick with that that one core thing where it's like, right, I'm going to be the go-to guy for this. But every now and again, I'll drop a bit of this. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to figure out what that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It might take a few videos before you, I think, before you <laughs> yeah. even realize like, right, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I actually even realized like I put up one recently about a placement that I I got with Wonder Girl for SSG Kobe. Oh, and, you um, sent me that one. I watched that. Yes. And that, um, that one, you know, even again, brand new channel. It was only 1500 views, but I really took that as a big win. And I was like, That's wow. That's good for a brand new um, channel. Yeah. And, and hopefully again, some of those producers got something out of that yeah. about like how a placement can happen and, and all that type of other stuff. So yeah, it's, Definitely. it's a, it's a, it's a great, great place and uh, exciting to be sharing more with the, the producer community, which is ultimately the goal. Yeah. I think that would be a good lane to have, you know, cause you can, you can share the production stuff. Like that video that you sent me, the way you put it together was sick. Like the quality was on point, the way you explained everything, like everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's like a good lane to have because a lot of people that do tutorials just do tutorials. A lot of them don't focus on getting placements. It's all about, you know, YouTube and selling packs and everything. But if you can carve that lane where it's like, right, I'm going to show you production skills, but I'm also going to show you how to get placements, how to network in the industry, you know, give people a business mindset. I think that would be a, a, you know, a good lane to go down. Definitely. 
Yeah. yeah, I got to get some more placements then. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, right? I need yeah, to be consistent, of right? <laughs> well, you've got some solid ones already, though, right? I think. Um, yeah, yeah. What's the the biggest one? Is it the the Russ one that you did with Illmind? So yeah, the yeah the Russ one with Illmind is actually my first one. And again, how uh, all this stuff works out is um, I did the well, I met Illmind at one of his um, past Ox events, right. uh, maybe in 2017 or so. I told him that like uh you know working towards like all this film stuff and he gave me his yeah. email and I just kind of kept like again Gary V mentality jab 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 right hook right. um finally when the film came out I did that right hook that ask and and just yeah. let him know that I did the score and I'd love to be on Black Chat and it was actually in that interview that he asked me to send him some some samples and stuff like that and right. one of the samples I sent was what ended up being the rest one it got me That's my crazy. first uh billboard um Number one. And then from that, again, things kind of kept snowballing. Yeah. I got the Bryson Tiller. Um, I got the uh, un- unofficially unreleased, which I'm hoping will be released soon, is the um, the Niagara Falls joint with, with Travis and 21 Savage. Um, and then I That'd have like, a bunch of other ones that like fingers crossed, some big, big <laughs> artists, yeah. fingers crossed. Um, in the next couple months, we'll roll out, um, which I'm super, super excited about. I really hope that's like the the tough thing about this whole placement game is like, yeah. you know, you get wind or you you know that so and so cut the record, and you're just kind of like, ah, until it's on like it's so it's on <laughs> until Apple you see or it on Spotify, Spotify, Apple Music, yeah. then it's like oh, it, it you doesn't can't get feel too real. Inside, can't you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but at yeah, the same no, time, it's, it's like just the fact that these people have recorded or they've even heard your beats is still a, yeah. a big step. It's like shit. Like I'm in the right direction. Yeah, even like I mean, recently I had unfortunately a couple leaks happen with like a bunch of my a couple of my Don Tolliver songs got leaked. Oh really? Um, which which I knew, um, you know, were done and stuff like that. But even to a degree, like even when the leak happened, like I know that there's a great chance that those won't be on like any projects or whatever because usually right. that means like they're canned, um, which is unfortunate and stuff. But again, to just know like even if that stuff never made it anywhere, to know that. I have like my beats on with yeah. those caliber of rappers and stuff yeah, like that definitely. is like, is, is, you know, I think that's one of the things that I realized in this whole process is like, you got to count all the wins. You can't, yeah. you can't discredit them just because maybe it didn't, let's say with the Don songs, it, you know, they got leaked or whatever and, and they're not going to probably be on a project. I still got to like, that's a lot of hard work that took to get to that place. Yeah, even. definitely. And, and as producers, I think we need to take more time to like celebrate all those wins, even if they feel small, because those are the things that help energize you and push you towards the next ones and finally getting, you know, those platinum records and, and all those other definitely. things that come, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes you need to take a step back and like, just actually acknowledge everything that you've done so far and, yeah. Like you said, celebrate your wins because sometimes we just get so wrapped up in our own world and we're just like going 100 miles an hour. You know, we don't really take a yeah. minute to just think, you know what, I've done this. Yeah. I've got this placement. I've done, you know, I mean, just celebrating your wins, man. It's so important. Otherwise, what's yeah, it the, worth? Like, <laughs> yeah, the craziest thing for me, too, was like um, the day that the Bryson Tiller record came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even listen to that record till like late in the day. And I, it all clicked for me. I'm like, this yeah. is so wrong. I was like, <laughs> I worked so hard to get like a placement yeah. like this with like an artist like that. And here I am at like 7 p.m. finally hearing the song because I had all this other stuff to do. I'm like, no, yeah. no more. Like I'm going to take time to like celebrate and, and live in the moment, 
You know what Definitely. I mean? It's so important to do that um, every once in a while. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's when I really realized was actually that placement. And since then, I've been like making sure to like, even if I get like a DM or a message from someone that I really respect in the industry, like I just yeah. have a little notebook. I'll just like make a quick little note to just write that down because it's going to feel pretty good, you know, looking back at maybe the end of this year and realizing even if it's a DM or whatever, that so-and-so yeah. really you know, they, they were fucking with what I was doing or whatever. It's just like, I don't know. Those are, those are wins. Those are wins. We got to count them. No, hundred percent, man. It's a good, it's a good feeling to have. Yeah. That's interesting that you actually write them down though. Cause it's, it's definitely worthwhile doing cause it's easy to just yeah. open up the book and just look at your paper and just yep. be like, shit, all these people that I've been speaking to. Cause when it's in a DM, <laughs> it can just get lost within all yeah. the other DMS. The spammy yeah, ones. I, <laughs> I think even to like back to the mindset perspective and stuff too, it's like, Sometimes I don't know if you feel like this, but there's days, many days, where I go to make beats and I'm like, I suck. I'm the worst producer ever. I can't oh, make a single beat. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm sure we all feel like that. Yeah, uh, it's great to recognize some of those wins, even if they're small, because um, that can cloud get so cloudy, like all the negativity of like that, and you know, it's it can be a it can snowball into like a really negative place where like it almost yeah. causes beat block or it allows you not to make. Um, um, the production that you want to be pr uh, producing and stuff like that. And I think that in recognizing some of those wins or being able to look back and be like, Hey, I might've had a bad week this week making beats, but earlier in the month, so-and-so messaged me and said this nice like thing about my production that I yeah. really respect or this happened or whatever to even look at one or two of those instantly changes your mindset. And now you're in this different positive state where you're like, okay, tomorrow I'm getting back to what I need to be doing. Cause I know I need to be doing this. You know, Gosh, so yeah. man, yeah. I can relate to that so much. There's been so many times where I feel like I've made the best beat ever and I'm in my room yep. bopping my head, I'm going <laughs> crazy. And then the next day I can't even think of a melody and I'm like, fuck, yeah. I'm, I'm so shit. How, how have I even got an audience? And <laughs> I just doubt myself so much. <laughs> I just doubt myself so much. So it's yeah. crazy that you say that. But like you said, I think every producer has that yeah. roller coaster emotional vibe going on. But like you said, yeah, you, if you look at the positives and you look at everything else that you've accomplished, then I suppose you can, you can switch it up real quick. But at the yeah. same time, sometimes it's fine to just take a break. Like sometimes you can be 100%. producing, you're trying to force it, nothing's coming out and then you get in your own head, don't you? But yeah. you could just take a break, go for a walk, go to the gym, go do whatever, just do something that isn't music and then come back with a fresh mindset and it, it can change real quick, can't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I actually I learned that from Boy Wonder and, and talking to him, and he does that. If you know, he doesn't try and force it and stuff. So there might be times yeah. he was telling me where like he might not, he might go a month without you know making beats and stuff like that. Really. And to me, I was like, wow, that's crazy because I kind of thought to a degree I almost had to like every day burn myself yeah. out, lock yourself in not, the studio. Exactly. Which is like I think we get that, we hear that, like oh, I'm in the studio twenty four seven, I never leave, and like. Yeah. um that's not how great music and stuff is made because you need to live life to be inspired to create. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Like, like I actually think um, it was something that Frank Ocean talked about in an interview once where he's like, if I can't live an experienced life, then how can I write about things that are relatable to anybody else? Yeah. And when people were asking why he takes such long chunks between his albums. And I think the same thing is with production. It's like, if you don't have a chance to enjoy new music and be inspired and all that type of stuff, um, you can turn something that's so positive and so beautiful into something that's really negative that it's like a job and it should never feel like that. 100% because we're not machines like no. we can burn out really quick yeah and 
there's a difference between like working hard and working smart as well, isn't there? Yeah. I think that's the main 100%. thing to think. But how about yeah. you? Because it seems like you, you're doing everything at the moment. You're running like a plug-in company, chasing placements. Yeah. Like how are you even balancing it all? Do you have certain things where you're like, right, this is more important. I'm going to put more energy into this or is it? Yeah, you know, so I invested all, all my uh, Bitcoin into learning how to clone myself. And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I got yeah, I got three Jacobs in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, basically, uh, I, I agree. Working smarter, not harder, is the way to go. I think it's all about prioritizing. It's funny. I found um, through like some of the business stuff. Um, there's this guy named Alex Sharfin. Yeah. If anybody wants to check out his podcast, um, I think it's called Momentum. Um, anyway, he's been uh, really great in opening my eyes. Like when I got into like the business with the plugin stuff, again, total noob, had no idea how to like run a company. And at this point, we're, we have five individuals um, that, that nice. are hired, um, you know, uh, working with us and stuff. And when I started, I was like, how, how, how? Just I, I didn't know how any of this worked. It all seemed so scary and, and crazy. And to a degree, it reminded me a lot of like getting into production. Um, right. But one of the things that he talks about is like um, um, creativity doesn't need to be so um, uh, unpredictable. You can make yeah. it pre- you can make it more consistent uh, and more predictable by just focusing on a couple things, which is like a somewhat of a routine i agree to your point like you don't have to burn yourself out but just making sure that you attack it every day whether that's for an hour or 10 hours that's up to you but attacking it every day making sure that when you do go do it you're working smarter not harder so even like little things for instance um, on sunday nights i'll go through all the loops that people sent me and before i used to just almost burn myself out and like i'd open up one pack do as many as i could open up the next and i would just go that way through the week but that's kind of silly because some loops you hear and you're like, this is a smash. You just know yeah, as soon yeah. as you hear the loop, right? And so um, even on a Sunday night going through and being like, realistically, at max, I might be able to do 20 of these this week. Why not? Why don't I go through and just spend 45 minutes and pick the 20 that I know are smashes and that can probably get placements? It's like right. little things like that, that like if you just do a couple of those things, you can, you can get a lot more done um, throughout the week uh, and a lot more that actually is um, – beneficial to like your career yeah. and stuff but it has definitely been um i wouldn't say it's easy and i wouldn't say i figured it out but the balance i kind of have now is that i'm up um for 6 a.m in the studio and from like 6 a.m to roughly 12 o'clock that's when i do all my music stuff right and then from noon until about 6 p.m i do all my um business stuff related to the plugin. Uh, company. Okay. So it's about a 12 hour day. The one thing I will say though, is that like, I love what I'm doing. It doesn't feel like work. A lot of yeah. people ask like, how can I, I do that every day or whatever? And it's Monday to Friday, I take the weekends off. Um, but I truly love this so much that like, I just couldn't imagine doing anything else. It doesn't feel like work. If anything, I, I wish I had more time <laughs> in the day to do it. So um, I think that's the, the beautiful thing about music for most people. It It's their passion. It doesn't feel like a job. And if you um, focus on doing that every every day you actually will never work a day in your life you know 100 percent, man it's such a crazy feeling isn't it because when when i've worked at previous jobs that i haven't really cared about and i've worked for someone all through the week i've just been like come on is friday gonna come is the weekend gonna come and i've hated it yeah and if i had to work any extra than what i was supposed to like you just work a nine to five right so if if you stay in there till six you're like the fuck am i doing i need to get out of here but now that I'm doing something that I love doing. It's like, I don't even look forward to weekends because 
I'm the same. I, I do take weekends off, obviously, to spend time with my girl and you yep, know just same. do normal stuff, life experiences. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't even look forward to the weekend. I look forward to like music time again. So it's exactly. crazy. And like yeah. you said, it just doesn't feel like work. Like if you if you do a 12 hour day, it, do, it just doesn't feel like it. It goes so quick. Yeah. And yeah. how can it feel like work if you love what you're doing? Exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things like I think, you know, for myself, it was a scary um, decision. But in like, tr- like around 2018 is when I like quit that radio um a job that I had and I yeah. had worked my way up to like producing um, the morning show for uh, CBC here in Toronto. So it was a pretty prominent job, um, especially at my age and everything like that. And I decided to let it all go to just really double down on music. And the one thing like I can, the one thing I always felt is like, I never wanted to wake up, let's say 60, 70, 80 years old, whenever I go, whenever I leave yeah. this earth and be regretful and be like, man, I really should have, I should have taken that chance. You know what wow, I mean? That's like the exact feeling um, I had. Because uh, even if I would have taken the chance and none of this worked out, it's all good. I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. But it, the, it's more so um, the unknown of if I wouldn't have done it, could I have made it? You know yeah. what I mean? And at least um, you could have I, said that you tried. Exactly. And I think for a lot of people, whatever your passion is, I really think that of all the times in in the world, especially with how like um, the digitization (laughs) of everything has allowed people to like make a living off of what they love to do. um, I think this is the time to go in on your passion. Again, there's a 50-50 chance that it might not work out. But yeah. you can always go back to a crappy job. The one thing you can't do is 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 take back that time that you would have had Definitely. to go in on your passion. So it's one thing I tell anybody. It's like if you're thinking about doing it, just go for it. If it doesn't work out, at least you know you tried. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's always been what, what I've said to people. I was in the exact same mindset. Just didn't want to get old and look back and think, you know what? I never even tried something in music. And then you just would have hated yourself. Yeah, like, You just would have hated yourself. I think people live in fear so much that like they might be in a good job and it, should, it just feels secure, doesn't it? You've got that constant yeah. money coming in. Like anything else yeah. just seems so scary. But yeah. not not everyone is in a position where they they can do it though. Like some people might have like kids, they might be working three jobs, yeah. and then for those people, I really feel for them because it's like, what do you do at that point? But yeah. for a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people make up excuses when they do have the privilege of being able to at least try. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. But also too, like, think about like, just even like COVID the last couple of months, people that thought they had really stable, great jobs didn't yeah. overnight. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I don't know if you're seeing it with like some of the, the members in your community and stuff, but the conversations that I'm having with people, it's like, to a degree, this was almost like, um, which is really good. It's like, uh, an early retirement for a lot of people. Like I know I don't want to yeah. downplay that. Like obviously a lot of people died and all that other type of stuff of course, but for yeah. the majority of people that didn't get sick and just had the time off. It was almost like a little mini retirement. And they realized yeah. during that time, like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I going Definitely. to this job that I hate staying in traffic all that other time? So I'm seeing a lot of people uh, in the community and even friends that I know making like a real big life or career switch um, because yeah. they are realizing to a degree None of this stuff is guaranteed, even the stuff that feels like it's guaranteed. And mm-hmm. again, with like, who knows with like blockchain and Bitcoin and NFTs, like who knows course, if like yeah. the insurance company that's always been there is going to be there. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yeah, there's don't know. who knows, who knows what's about to come. And so um, in all industries, I think things are about to change. Um, the one thing that probably won't change is, is, is that feeling of regret when you're like, man, 
I really wish I went in on my, my passion. So, um, oh, man, yeah, 100%, man. 100%. But I, the plugin that you've got, Octave, how yeah. did that even happen? Like, when did you get the idea? Who did you have to yeah. speak to? Like, how did it come to life? <laughs> yeah, funny story. Literally, literally, I didn't think that this was going to be a thing. Like, 100% <laughs> transparent with you. Yeah. When this started, I had a goal of 100 people. I, and and honestly, I was like, if I can get this to 100 people, I'll be happy. And like, really? I was like, I, I I felt like I had the support of my friends. I was like, I yeah. think I can do that. But that was my goal. That was, that was it, you know? <laughs> um, but the idea, the way it came about is um, I realized that, uh, obviously, everyone was doing sample packs and stuff. And I realized I would like to do one too, but I was kind of like, how can I go one step farther? And the idea I had was like, well, I can release a sample pack, but then you can also get this uh, instrument that features some of the same sounds. So it's almost like you have um, the the ingredients to the recipes. Like the recipe is me putting together the sample. Well, now you can take that exact same synth sound and use it however you want it. And so when um, this launched, it was the same week that they announced the pandemic. And instantly I was like, oh, I lost all my money. <laughs> I was just like, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. And I, I didn't really realize to that idea of these mini retirements and people getting having a chance to like be at home and not go to a job that they hated. A lot of people got really creative and started making more and more music. And Definitely. I think from that, um, this this kind of snowball effect happened where um, the plugin started kind of taking off more than the sample pack. Like I had to actually pivot multiple times and, and it went from a sample pack with a plugin to like now it's a plugin and the sample packs right. are just extra, you know? So it was a big learning experience for me and I didn't have it figured out. I'm still trying to figure it out. The one thing that I realized throughout this whole thing, though, is that there's no, I can't name one other uh, plug-in company or even like a software company that's really focused on rap music. Like there's a lot of plug-in companies that are really focused on like EDM and EDM sounds. Um, To a degree, like I understand like hip hop was literally made from nothing. Like we figured out how to rig up turntables and sample (laughs) off old records. As, yeah, sample, take things that were never meant for us and turn it into something. And I feel like to a degree, that's how it's always been with all the technology. Like even like the synths and stuff, it's like you can like this Moog is from, I think, 82 or something like that. It's like, yeah, this is a, this is this is a synth from the 80s. It sounds like a synth from the 80s, <laughs> but hip hop producers can take it, add the wobble, all that type of stuff and turn it into something that's like for a new drill record or whatever. Yeah. And I realized in creating the plugin is that I hit this niche of like, wow, um, this was a, a, a plugin built by a rap producer for other rap producers and no one else was doing that. And maybe there's a bigger market here. Yeah. And so since then, um, we've been developing and working on our next plugin, uh, which I think I'll probably be the first, this will be the first time I talk about it publicly, but it's going to oh, be sick. called Scorch. Um, and very happy about it. Um, I teamed up uh, with a partner in actually in the UK. His name is Josh, um, a great, great developer. So as far as like, I realized on the first plugin that, you know, maybe the technology wasn't there because I, I just, I didn't know how to build a plugin and stuff like that. Right. right. I had a lot of bunch of different freelancers. How did, how did you all, find some, or was it freelancers that did it for you? Yeah. Like it was, it was a bunch of different people. And obviously with that comes new problems again, yeah. not knowing any of this, I don't have a computer science background, but like all it takes is one update of your computer and the whole thing doesn't work. And then everybody's right. like, you're you scammed yeah, me yeah. and then back. i'm like i'm like i'm like calling people that i don't really even have relationships with trying to like yeah. talk to them about computer science coding stuff that i have no clue about right <laughs> so um i realized pretty quickly like i need to get somebody that actually is legit in that world because 
the one thing that I can guarantee is like the sounds in the plugin, like I've only gotten positive feedback from like the majority of people, like they love the sounds. And again, yeah. that comes from like that hip hop curation and stuff. And now with the next one that we're working toward, towards, not only did I go above and beyond with like, I got people doing live guitars, strings, all this crazy stuff, plus cool synths and all this other nice. stuff. But now the technology is going to be that of an Archeria or an Omnisphere or something like that. And oh, then I think now we have this thing that's about to come where like we've really knocked it out the park and have truly delivered on that promise to like rap producers to say like, we're here, we're here to stay and we're going to create more technology that it's like specifically meant for you. Not only just the sounds, but like, I can't tell you how much I, even with octave, I thought about that first sound that you used when you opened yeah. it up. It's like, uh, I don't know if you opened up some of the Arturia stuff, but like the first sound you get is like this, um, three Buzz. oscillator sound. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, that type of stuff throws people off, you know, like Definitely. they can have a bad experience with the plugin based on the first sound. But if the first sound that you open up is like, Whoa, and you are inspired to make a melody right quick, then I know we're doing our job. And that's the type of quality yeah. and effort that I want to deliver and all the things that we do moving forward so that you feel so confident that like you can just open it up and be inspired. We should never be the roadblock. Technology should never be the, the, the block to you like making beats, you know? No, of course. I think you're right. I think you've definitely found, found a pocket because like you said, all the Sims that you get, everything is kind of catered towards EDM producers. Yeah. You look at it and it just looks like some big geeky thing with all these yeah. things that you can change. But yeah. when you look at Octave, it's just like, boom, it's high quality sounds. There's not too much that you yep. can change or you probably can, but it's just, it's just simple, isn't it? It's just simple, simple. laid out. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's what rap producers are like. We, we like that. We like the simplicity. Whereas EDM producers, they like to sound design from scratch. They spend weeks on one beat, but we're just like, boom, let's just get a beat Every out quick. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, that's actually, it's funny. We have a goal um, and I think we'll be able to deliver this with this next plug in Scorch that we're working on. But the goal is, I call it like the 10 minute initiative. It's like, right. I want to feel so confident in everything that we do is that uh, if you open this plugin for the first time, you should be able yeah. to make something that you're happy with in under 10 minutes, or I'm willing to just give you back your money. Like that's <laughs> how much of a guarantee like I want to deliver yeah. because I know I'm a hip hop producer myself. I know what we need. I know what it's like to be in a studio with like, world-class rappers and like Omnisphere is taking like 3000 hours to load up, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, which is no, no, obviously no shot at or anything at them, but it's just like, can we design and build things that are specifically meant for those type of situations so that, yeah. um, there is more, uh, J cactuses and more Jacobs that have a chance and an opportunity to make more beats and to ill minds, how he's always talking about printing lottery tickets, right. print more lottery tickets and, yeah. and make your dreams come true. Definitely. So what kind of marketing techniques did you use when you dropped the plugin? I'm guessing yeah. you, you had some sort of, of plan of how you were going to promote it, like whether it's Facebook ads, Instagram ads, yeah, influencers. It's, it's funny, like um, it's, it's, it's definitely all changed, but I started um, with kind of like the click funnels and the funnel stuff. Um, it's right. so weird how this all happened around the same time I had found uh, Gabe from Midi Money Right, yeah. um, have you have you heard much about like the click funnel oh definitely yeah, yeah yeah i've yeah. listened to a lot of the podcasts i've listened okay, to your cool. podcast with him as well oh great 
Awesome. So yeah, uh, it's funny. I found him before he was even doing like the consulting stuff. Basically, really? uh, he had put up a post being like, "I'm looking for a couple like test people to like show this to," and I just yeah. happened to be literally like, I think when we talk about this, I'm either number one or number two of the people that he like showed oh, how to crazy. like set up a funnel. Again, all this stuff is brand was brand new to me, but I just dived in. Um, it's so great with YouTube, all the tutorials and stuff, and I started yeah. realizing, which probably he realized as well too. It's like. There's so many marketing techniques that are happening in all these other industries that weren't happening in ours. And once you applied those things, um, you could get sales uh, a lot easier than, let's say, um, just with like a normal beat store and stuff like that. So I started uh, with the beat store and then I moved to like um, this course that I was doing called the the, the blueprint. And right. neither of those things worked. <laughs> Again, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to make this seem like, you know, you're one shot and then you're done. Um, this took yeah. like a good hour, uh, hour and a half, a good year and a half of like trial um, and errors before finally I realized I was going to do the sample pack. Then I added the instrument and I used those techniques that he had taught me and it all started to work. So we were running right. face uh, Instagram and Facebook ads um, to kind of let uh, individuals know about the plugin. Then they would go to a click funnels. But then eventually over time, like I realized like that wasn't necessarily the style or like the brand that I wanted to kind of develop as I yeah. realized, because again, I only had a goal of doing a hundred of these. So I wasn't really set up <laughs> or prepared for anything more than you that. You didn't set a high goal, did you? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I, this is, yeah, I should have had more like faith or something. I, I know. Sure. This is crazy. Um, but yeah, I literally had a goal of a hundred. So nothing was really set up to be more than that. And when I right. realized that this was a bigger thing and that we could have more products and, and stuff like that, I started realizing this is an actual business. I need yeah. to go back. I need to work on the branding. I need to work on all these bits and pieces. So even for this next plugin, we've been working like crazy. We built a, a really awesome website, um, for, um, the next product, which is going to be great new branding. Nice. Um, yeah, but we, we, we started with a lot of like Instagram and Facebook ads and that just in general just kind of worked because I don't think again, anybody was focused on hip hop producers, like right. just saying like, this is a, this is a pro a plugin for rap producers, um, yeah. instantly caught the attention of so many people, um, uh, that, that it just kind of worked. And now that we're in this next phase and stuff like that, um, I don't know if you've heard much about like the iOS drama. Have you heard about that? in in with, what sense with, with with instagram ads and stuff like that i've heard i've heard someone say something about people can like turn off ads now or yes okay is that so, what you, you mean yes that's what i'm referring to so for anybody thinking about um getting into ads and stuff unfortunately we've gone from like you know four times probably return on ad spend to like yeah. now down to just breaking even because um oh, shit, this really? whole kind of like battle between google and facebook um where now you can opt out of the ads and stuff which you know yeah. whatever i i agree with people's privacy and they should have the opportunity to, to do that um but with that being said i've realized in this whole thing and this is why i'm glad that we were already working towards it um like what you're doing and what other individuals is so important organic and building a real community of people that actually care about you because you're delivering yeah. value is so much more important than running any sort of ad or anything. So anybody listening, like I would say at your foundation, really work on building those type of things. And Definitely. then you can add on top of that, the ads and stuff like that, which will like send it into a different space. But it's so important to build that foundation from the ground up. And, um, 
to a degree, we're kind of working backwards in launching the YouTube and stuff like that. I think we can yeah. deliver a lot of value and stuff through YouTube. I'd like to do a podcast at some play at some point and stuff, but um, yeah, uh, that that's kind of where we're we're headed right now. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think anything like more than anything, it's about building your personal brand, isn't it? Because yeah. it kind of makes me laugh when people say. Uh, I've, ran, I've ran some Instagram ads, they don't work. Like Facebook ads don't work. And yeah. I'm like, you can't just click boost on a post and expect <laughs> it to, to sell. But a lot of people think yeah. that that's what you do. It's just like you yeah. just boost a post and it sells, but it's just not the case. To be yeah. honest, I've never actually tried to run Facebook or Instagram ads. Oh man, we got to do it. I know, I really need to because luckily everything's been organic because of the YouTube channel. Yeah. But I do want to take it to the next level now. I do want to invest a bit in some more marketing. Yeah. And because I look at it like, okay, I've got 50,000 subscribers. How do I target all of these people? Because mm-hmm. not everyone has bought a kit. And I can keep on trying to find new people, but it's like I've got a solid audience there. So how do I just target everyone that's already there? You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm kind of working out the best way. Yeah, well, listen, um, I have a great guy on my team. His name is Grant. I actually yeah. taught him how to do ads and stuff. And since then, over the last year, he's become like an expert in it. And we should definitely all hop on a call. And even if at any point, like cause this was actually one of the things I was thinking about sharing on the YouTube and stuff. If you ever want to like yeah. talk about any of that stuff on your channel or whatever, like we are, we're down to do that. Cause I think it's so important definitely. for producers to have more control um, when it comes to the business side and stuff and be able to yeah. depend on that. Cause again, with COVID, like, when the money all dried up, like when artists couldn't perform and all that other type of stuff, um, right. you had so many big producers being like, how can I be, uh, and I don't want to like go into the whole debate, <laughs> but how can I be an industry, pro- yeah. uh, internet producer, That's right, you know, yeah. and like, and you're seeing big producers join Twitch and all this other type of stuff. And uh, really like, that is the way of the future, like being able to build these communities and stuff online um, yeah. and then through organic and paid advertising, be able to reach them. Like even with, with your audience, like I'm sure that the majority of people don't even uh, necessarily always see when a YouTube video goes up or, or like that. Whereas Definitely. like with YouTube ads and Google and stuff like that, we've even had great success. And again, we're small channel, a couple hundred subscribers. We've even had great success just um, getting our, 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 the plugin and then also our new videos in front of people that I yeah. can imagine somebody with like you with 50,000 subscribers is now going to have a way bigger impact. And so that's why a, it's important to build that foundation. But once you get there, if you can learn these other marketing skills, you could be the next, why couldn't you be the next place or have the yeah. next place or why, you know, why couldn't I be the next, um, Archeria or like, I want more producers to do that type of stuff because, if they can, we actually all benefit from that because I Definitely. know that you're a producer at heart. You're not going to like just do it for the money. Whereas like, yeah. when, like there's a lot of other people out there that are simply just hopping on trends and, and you know, it's, it's transparent. We can see that they do one thing one week and then one thing the next week, they're always switching up because they're just about the money. I want more people like you and other individuals that have already given value to the community because I know you'll actually support the community when it needs the support, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think you're right. I think there are some big companies that the owners probably haven't ever made a beat. You know what I mean? They've probably oh, no. never even seen FL Studio. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, because they got the money or they just know the marketing or whatever the reason is, they, they can push everything out. But I think you're right. People do spot that. And people just trust other producers more. Like As a producer, you're going to trust another producer. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things. You build up that personal brand. People fuck with you for who you are. And they're more likely to invest in you and support you. Yeah. So, and yeah, and too, right. like, 
as well too, like, um, there's an accountability there too. It's like, you know, I don't think either of us, and I'm sure a lot of other people that we, we have conversations with, like none of us are in it. We're all in it because we love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not necessarily in it for the, the money and stuff. Obviously we have to feed our families and we, and, and music is a business. It's a music business. We figured right. out how to, how to, how to pay our bills and stuff with it. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, but I think when it comes to the accountability, it's like, I, even when I think of like some of the plugin stuff, it's like I could send an email and it takes three or four days and I get some automated response and I still haven't figured out how to install my plugin. Whereas yeah. like to a degree, and I know I can't do this for everybody, like I'm sending personal messages every day trying to like, <laughs> you know, be there and just show the the support because I understand that those people are like supporting me and I want to make sure that I'm held accountable as much as I can be for as long as I can be to give Definitely. them that type of like support back and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, it's, 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 we need more of us in the community and space doing more, more of these things. Of course. Yeah. So when you said that you have maybe like five people on the team, yeah. Um, how did that happen? Like what, what were the jobs that you, you needed to hand off and was it hard to hand off those jobs? Cause 100%. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's certain things where I know I should just hand something off or just get someone it's else hard. to do it. But yeah, it just feels like, I know it's not right, but I always feel like, oh, they can't, they can't do it like I do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, um, hundred percent. So actually one of the first ones, um, that I needed help with was, was in support and just making sure that again, um, this was all new to me and, and I didn't even really realize, like, I'm so such an FL studio guy on PC that I didn't yeah. even really realize how different it is for, let's say FL on Mac or Ableton, or right. did you up, 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 update to Catalina or like, are you on Big Sur? Like all those yeah. things cause people to have, like they almost all need their own install tutorial because it's just different. Right. And I didn't even yeah. really realize that getting into this. And so one of the first areas um, I got to bring my little cousin Drew on, he's like 16. He's also a producer. He helps right. me with all the um, the support and stuff like that. And just um, yeah. like that, um, then I was able to like, uh, again, with ads, like we started running more and more ads. And I realized again, to your point of like, it was so hard at first, um, uh, not doing it myself, but I had to realize like at the heart of this thing, the thing that people want are the sounds and the sound yeah. design. And that actually takes a lot of time. Like I'd say on average, a preset might take an hour and a half, right? So when you're talking about yeah. 300 presets, you're talking about three, five, three, maybe 500 hours worth of work. Right. I don't necessarily have all the time to be like making new ads and this and this. So um, next was bringing on my, 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 my good friend Grant and I got him, I trained him up on ads. And, but then like to that point of like, it's hard to let go. I realized in letting go with him is like, man, he's like 10 times better than, than I am because <laughs> the same way that I'm focused on like making the sounds, he's focused yeah. on the ads 24 seven. So he's learning in a way that I never would have had a chance to learn if I only did right. an hour here and an hour there. And so you actually realize in letting people do their jobs um, that they actually get way better than you are. And then you actually start seeing that compound effect uh, and that benefit. Um, but yeah. yeah, a big part of all of this that I've, I've learned actually is um, um, from Alex Sharfin. So his whole, again, the momentum um podcast take a listen to it anybody um but he has something called i actually have one right here somewhere a mo momentum planner and that's been really great in helping me um focus on the two or three things that i need to do every day to move right. myself forward and the team forward but then also how to support 
the other people. I realized when I first started like even training Grant who did the ads, we would go over things multiple times and stuff. And I started realizing like, oh, it's not like, it's not the person, it's the process. We don't have a process here. There's no like, I should really just do this once and record it. And then the next grant that comes on, will have that video to go to and stuff like that. And even in realizing some of that stuff, it's a little bit of upfront work, but it saved me so much time in not needing to do things multiple times. And I'm even starting to work that stuff into like my production, um, which has been really great. Like realizing like, what are some of the things that I'm constantly doing? How can I automate them a bit more? How can I track them a bit better? And all of those things have actually allowed me to get more and more placements. Like one of the things that I, I've been doing, um, is I have a spreadsheet and with all the contacts and stuff that I have, I just have it, um, kind of labeled out so that I make sure that at least once a month, like I send a pack to them, uh, and right. I stay in contact and I make sure that I like hyperlink the pack and stuff so that in four weeks when I go back, I, I'm not doubling up on things and I can keep that conversation. It's just like, right. I was doing that before, but I was doing it all here and I was dropping the ball on great relationships that I spent a lot of time working towards. And yeah. then I realized I haven't talked to this person in six months. Like, why would they open a pack of mine out of the blue? But in having real relationship or wanting to create real relationships, this has allowed me to stay a lot better in some of those areas. So, um, yeah, I'm doing a lot more of those type of things to just stay on top. Yeah, man, that makes so much sense. It's just being organized, isn't it? It could yeah. be something as simple as like for a long time when I was making bees, I wouldn't have a personal like stash in a way. I'd go through yeah. to all these different kits, cycling through so many different kicks. And then once I started thinking, right, you know what, every time I use a sound, let me just put it in a separate folder. Then it might be a bit of extra work when you're making that one beat, but then the next time you go to make a beat, it's like, boom, you've got your go-to sounds that you like. Could just be something as simple as that, but I definitely need to do more things to to stay organized, especially like you said, with keeping in contact with people, knowing who you've spoken to, who you've sent packs to. And because right now I keep a lot, or I try to keep a lot in my mind, but it's so much easier once you've got it visibly somewhere like wrote down yeah Yeah, exactly and i'm not even at the place where like i i need necessarily yet help with those things but i can imagine if like if me or you ever get to a place where we're like super producer like a pharrell or something like that it's like all that organization is going to come so beneficial because at some point you have two thousand people that might need that you right. might need to contact once a month and you might have assistants and people that need to like know how to manage all that. And again, it's not the person, it's the process and being yeah. able to document and have that organization. You actually set that person up that's coming to help and support you for a win. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's what happens in business. And even sometimes with collaboration and stuff, it's like you don't set yourself up for a win. It's like you're yeah. almost like setting yourself up to fail by by not having this stuff all laid out. I just realized you had a dog behind you. I was like, what's going on? I didn't, I didn't realize it <laughs> popped up is. for a second. <laughs> yeah, I felt um, when, we were, when we were talking, I heard her like open the door and I felt something <laughs> brush on my leg. I was like, shit. <laughs> she just um, wanted to say what's up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, all that stuff is is, 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 is just so important. Yeah, hundred percent. By the way, are you stuck for time? Because I know you jumped straight from the the other podcast. Yeah, yeah, ones. I didn't want to do the um, same. No, I my next. I have my company meeting at noon, so I have another like uh, twenty four minutes or something. We can chat. Okay, cool. Just yeah, yeah, to keep going. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it, man. Yeah, man. So, so what are some of the techniques that you've been using to get placements? Oh man. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> number one, I think it's it's staying on. 
it's it's building on those relationships as we talk to. It's like yeah. you you work so hard to get so and so's email, and then you don't right. end up sending stuff consistently and on it. Same as like when you talk about YouTube, it's like if you really yeah. want to build that trust and build a real relationship, you have to stay consistent and you have to deliver on that. You know what I mean? Right. So number one, just recognizing and realizing that and saying I need to send out X amount of packs um, over the month has been a yeah. game changer. Um, and it, what's even funny, what I'll do now, I made like a little, um, in Photoshop, I just made a background for my computer and it's a square with like packs to do and then right. packs that are ready to send <laughs> out. And basically every time I make a beat or a loop or something like that, I just drag it into so-and-so's pack. And then by the time I get 10, 15 things in there, I move yeah. it over to send out and it's ready to go. And the next day I'll just right. send it out. So again, okay. just small little like ways uh, to work like that. Um, when it comes to um, placements and everything, a collaboration is king. The more people that you can work yeah. with is just great because your network expands. And the network that I have when I, let's say I collaborate with you, both of our networks just totally expand because I'm sending right. out stuff, you're sending out stuff, and that just doubles our opportunity to get a record or get a placement. So no matter at what level you're at, definitely uh, collaborate and work with more people. Um, another thing too that I realize, I have to say this to like a lot of producers, is like get the music off your laptops. I hear so many yeah. people that are like, they complain about not getting placements and stuff, and I'm like, well, where's your beat store or like, where, what's your YouTube? Drive. Exactly. It's all yeah. on the hard drive and nothing will ever happen um, from those things staying, collecting basically dust on your computer. Get Definitely. them off of the computer and that's where the good things happen. That's where like the little Nas X and Keo make Old Town Road. That's where yeah. like lives change is by you just being consistent in some of those places and creating your own opportunity. And the more that you're able to do those things, the more new opportunities happen and you get more connects and things just kind of snowball. Um, so those have all been like things that I've really been focused on over the last. I was actually speaking as well to, do you know Nami? I don't think I do. Nami. Uh, he sure. did. He was actually on the Bryson Chiller record with me. He's done Ariana Grande. He's done a bunch oh, of really? different. Yeah. Bunch of, bunch of big, big records. Um, and we were actually talking about this as well, too, which is really he put it in a way that made me think about this a lot differently is like he's like, yeah. man, it's almost like right now we're all in high school together. And when we graduate or whatever, we're going to be like um, – when we, when we graduate, our graduating class is going to have all these connections and we're going right. to be the ones like running the industry. Basically, he said something, yeah. I'm butchering it. He said something along those lines, yeah, yeah, but it, it really made me think a lot more about like, it's so true. The relationships and stuff that we have right now at whatever stage that you're at, yeah. as long as you're focused on getting to the next level and that person is focused on getting to the level, when you both get there, then you can start making more like boss moves and help each other. And that's Definitely. what I realized in over the, even the last two or three years, like some of my closest collaborators, we've all gone from zero placements to now we have four or five, six placements, others more than, than, than others. But like, we all are like pulling each other up. Like, you yeah. know, if Nami gets an Ariana Grande placement and now he has this whole pop lane, I can now, that's my homie. I can send him stuff maybe yeah, for more pop stuff that I didn't have loops. before. Exactly. Yeah. Or vice versa. If I'm working with so-and-so, I can hit him. And you know what I mean? It's like together yeah, we're yeah. pulling ourselves up until the point that hopefully the same way that like Boy Wonder and Vinyls and Alan Ritter and all those guys right. are at that level together. 
the next wave of producers are doing that. You know what I'm trying to say? And we yeah, all definitely. bring each other up. So um, I think it kind of relates to so people I feel like people always try to network with people who are above them or people that already have like a certain amount yeah. of followers or whatever it is. But if you could network kind of like horizontally, you know, like yes. with people that are on like the same kind of level, but yeah. are working just as hard as you, because then yeah. for that exact reason, f- because when, once you both grow, then you've both got like a huge network to help each other with. And it's just people on like a similar level are, are going to work with you a lot easier than yeah. someone who is already established because exactly. at that point, for someone that's already established and has like a ton of placements and has everything. And then if someone who's just getting started reaches out, then what value is that person bringing them? It's like, you know, this person, it's their business. They've worked hard to get to that point. And I'm sure they've got their own network. So of course, a lot of people will get aired in the DMs. They get messages ignored. But once you're messaging people that are on a similar level, then it's like, right, yeah, I just want to collaborate because we're making music. But then you develop those relationships. You get a bit older, like you said, and then you've you've both grown as producers. You've both grown your networks. And yeah, man, I hope yeah, that makes man. sense. But yeah, no, me, the, hor- the horizontal way is like, that's how we should be doing this horizontal. Yeah. Uh, I love that. We got to figure out like a way to like summarize that or just put that We have a <laughs> slogan on the wall or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Produce horizontally. Um, but yeah, no, we'll get uh, some kind of graph done. <laughs> graph. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, those are some of my biggest um, kind of takeaways with placements. And then also just being patient, like, to this day, I, I still have records that I might have, like the Bryson Tiller one, like I knew about yeah. that for months. You know what I mean? There's records that I have now that I'm like, I stand positive. I think they're going to come out. But I've known about these things for like, it feels like a year now. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, you just got to stay patient. And I think that that's a big part where a lot of people burn bridges and stuff like that is like, right. they get real, almost like too... Uh, they like clout you know what i mean they're chasing the clout yeah, and definitely. like as soon as they find out about something they want to like go and share it or talk about it or post about it or whatever and that actually burns those relationships and stuff and then you don't have those opportunities again moving forward so yeah just stay patient stay consistent um and 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 stay a good person that's another thing man like i've seen so many people again when it comes to like clout chasing or whatever it is like I can't tell you how many people I've seen walk into like a studio with these big artists for their first times within the first 10 minutes, they ask for a picture and they've already blown the relationship. They've worked all this way to get to (laughs) the studio and they blow it within like the first hour. And I'm just like, this is crazy to me all for a picture. You know what I mean? Whereas like if you would have came in there, been like genuine, nice person, um, no egos attached, all that type of stuff. You might've been able to have a real relationship with this artist that you've always wanted yeah. to work with. And like, like a boy wonder and a Drake, you guys could be rolling together forever. You know yeah. what I mean? And, um, I've well, seen just that wanted happen. to show everyone that you met this person for what, exactly. for a few That's, likes. Exactly. I've seen that happen a lot. So just stay humble, stay grinding, uh, and, and stay, stay. Yeah. Don't let the egos get in the way. Yeah. One idea that I heard, I think it was actually Illmind that was giving someone someone some advice one time about, you know, like chasing placements. And he said, you know, definitely like making loop packs, but you don't have to make beats and then make separate loop packs. What you can do is use the melodies that you've used for your own beats because it's like you could like for every producer that has a ton of beats sat on the hard drive, you could go through, grab the 20 best melodies put a loop pack together and then start sending them out. Even though you've already made a beat with them, 
like you might have an audience that have heard it, but these other producers that you're sending these loop packs to, their audience might not have heard that loop. Yeah. And that's the whole point of a loop pack, isn't it? Everyone uses these loops, get them, get them around to their own yeah. audience. So that I could agree, just save 100%. you. Again, it's like working smarter. You don't have to do one thing yeah. and then that. It's just combine the two. Yeah, I do that all the time. Another thing I've been doing recently too is like um, from a sound design perspective, I think for um, rap producers, especially early stage rap producers, it's hard to get the right sounds and stuff together. Um, so yeah. when you do make a beat or a loop or whatever that you think sounds crazy, Go back, open the project file, clone it, do a save as, and right. use that palette. I like to call them combinations. You already know that that's a winning combination. Those yeah. horns with these strings, with this whatever, and then make right. a new beat or just switch it up. You know what I mean? It's like you already Definitely. have the foundation that you spent hours trying to like achieve. Why not yeah. use that combination to keep to keep going and stuff? Another thing just to build on your point with like the loop packs and stuff um, – as a company uh, for the plugin side, we've been working on a lot of research to understand more so about like how um, producers can, I guess, to understand some of the, the correlation between how producers get placements and get on billboard charting um, right. songs and stuff like that. And what we realized, and we did a lot, a lot of research, we're going to try and figure out how to put it together into like a more tangible thing. But one of the biggest things that we realized, we went back through all the top um, – uh, the number one like rap albums on the billboard last year. Yeah. And we went through all the producers that contributed to them. And I, and I, I'm probably going to mess up the numbers here, but I'd say roughly around 70, 72%, something like that. A lot of those um, records that were making it on these top billboard albums came from selling a beat on beat stars came right. from a loop pack that somebody sold or like, you know what I mean? Like all yeah, these kind yeah. of real things that a lot of producers can be doing today and they're not doing Definitely. it. I think there's this idea that to be an industry producer or whatever, there's like, you, I don't know, some other world that's happening over <laughs> there when like maybe that was 10, 15 years ago, but not today. The majority of right. artists that are coming up, they're searching for their type of beats on YouTube. You know what of I mean? Course, it's yeah. like uh, uh, I, uh, I was w working with this individual whose name's um, Sky and um, he was telling me how he got a, a, this big bad bunny placement, which he won like two Grammys off of and stuff like that. And he Jeez. actually got it. Um, uh, he was putting up like bad bunny type beats and the management yeah. found it on the YouTube. Um, I might be getting that just slightly wrong, but that, that's exactly something like that happened. He had put the beat up on his beat stars. The manager for bad bunny found it. They cut the record and a week prior to the album coming out, he made the album and that like That's set crazy. him up for the rest of his life. Um, and so like these are the opportunities and stuff that I think a lot of producers have potential to be tapping into and they're not currently tapping into them. And uh, for anybody that's right now with that stuff on their hard drive, please, please listen to me. Get it <laughs> off. If you want your dreams to happen, if you want to be one of the 72% of people that are making it on those Billboard albums, you need to do some of these actions because other people are and they're getting where they want in their in their careers and in their life. So, 100%. Yeah. Well, man, I think that's a perfect way to end the podcast. Hopefully, you've inspired a few people there. Hopefully, people listen and they actually take action like right now. Yeah. Don't prolong it. Don't think about, oh, I can do it on Friday. Do it right yeah. now. You exactly. know what I mean? So, yeah, man, man, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I appreciate um, you, man. I really, Thank really you for enjoyed all the this one. Thank you for all the tutorials and stuff too. I think um, anytime. Uh, yeah, no, I, I've uh, I don't come from obviously a drill background or anything like that, and so uh, in finding your channel within like the last year or so, and and realizing like, hey, I can be doing some of this too. Like, it's just, yeah. just a beautiful thing. So keep up the great work on your side. Um, I'm so positive that you have the next wave of top 
producers, the next Nick Mears to everybody watching you right now. Thank you, man. <laughs> you know what Appreciate I mean? That. And, and uh, <laughs> when all their stuff, when all their when all their beats and stuff come in, um, they're all going to be giving you your flowers and stuff. So just keep up the great work. I appreciate it, man. It's crazy to think about, but hopefully. But I yeah, appreciate man, that, man. It's happening. Well, yeah, we'll keep in touch and just let everyone know where they can find you as well. Sure. So, uh, yeah, in general, on all my socials, I go by my best friend, Jacob. Check me out there. If you want to learn more about um, the plugin, which is called Octave um, Deluxe and or the company, the company is called Software Audio. And we have uh, the next plugin coming. It's called Scorch. And it will hopefully have a bunch of other things. If you want to check us out, you can just go to octaveplugin.com and check us out there. And definitely, yeah, like I appreciate anybody. Sorry, I have a big fire truck going by right now. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) You know, when I start talking about the plugin, they just know it's (laughs) right (laughs) um yeah yeah for uh for anybody um you know i really appreciate the support so far for anybody that's supported anybody that kind of will support moving forward because um yeah i really think that we have a chance as a community to to a degree um through like the the plugins in in the company it's like i really want to be listening to the community and building upon the things that they want done i think this is like a really good chance to do that and so i just appreciate anybody that's supported thus far and i'm excited about what's next to come of course we appreciate you too man yeah man